Live from Indianapolis, this is continuing coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live at the Indiana Convention Center, show number two on day number two here on SNR. Wesley Euler, Max Starley, we've got you for the next two hours until I believe I swap places with Williamson. But it's our first full day of coverage here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, 10 to 4 for the rest of the week here on Saturday as well, too. And, you know, guys really starting to pick up today. Yeah, Kenny Pickett finally made it to the podium oh, as did well. He? Yeah, finally. Was, good, good timing for you. Uh, you sit down. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, hey, better late than never, right? I guess, I, mean, I guess. But after I stood over there for two hours, yeah. that was not much, uh, and then had to come over here. So, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Our yeah. combine. Oh, sorry, Max. Our no, com- I, I go ahead. Just, go ahead. I, no, I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. Th- this is this is what the combine's all about, right? Duress. Hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the theme, and it applies to media as well. They got they got to test everybody here. They got to keep you on your on your toes. I'm well past the day, the age where I like to be tested. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Our combine coverage all week brought to you by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. Dale, uh, one person that we did hear from already this morning, uh, Malik Willis, Liberty quarterback, of course, and I believe he did some some specific talking about the Steelers and, and was asked about the Steelers organization. He did. He, he was asked if he had met. Here's the thing about this. Everybody gets asked, did you meet with this good team? Did you meet with us? They've met with, everybody. They've met with everybody. That's the whole idea of this. Yep. <laughs> you know, yes, I met with them. So he was asked about the Steelers. He said, yeah, I met with this, uh, with the Steelers. And he said, well, you know, what, how do you think it would fit in the Steelers offense? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about their offense, but he said I like the coaching staff. They were so they were you know they were nice guys. Um, it's, there's 32 teams out there, folks. Yeah. You know you, you're not going to know the ins and outs of every NFL offense. I I, I, I liked his honesty in that in that regard. And he was also asked, you know, what kind of offense that uh, he feels fits him best. He goes, well, one that scores points. That's <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a, good, that's a pretty that's a good, good answer. answer. He's a, he's a pretty cool cat. He's he's yeah. he's seems like he is very comfortable in his own skin. Well, and, and it's he has he has a way of you know, like you said, he has that comfortability. Like he gets it, and yeah. I think that's the other thing where when you go through and you see some of the guys, you're kind of like, okay, this guy's eyes wide open. You know, yeah. it's a deer in the headlights type of look, or some guy that just seems unaffected. But some guys that just kind of get the gravity of the situation understand, you know, how this is going and understands it's a process. And I think that was one of the things that was nice to see. You know, also, I, you know, I, I sat in and listened over at Bailey Zappi for a little bit. Yeah. Just to kind of hear his kind of mode and his process. And so I think that's one of the biggest things. When you come to the combine, you know, they're going to try and have pointed questions because Malik Willis has pretty much interviewed everybody at the senior bowl already. Right. And so this is kind of old hat. So when he goes in for that second interview, it's kind of like, hey, guys, hey, how like, you doing? It's yeah. like Norm from Cheers walking <laughs> in, you know, it's, hey, what's up, KC? What's up, guys? You know, I mean, he's not going to do that because he's a young man and they're adults, but it's kind of like that familiarity. So you're allowed to be a little bit more comfortable, I think. And I think that's the biggest thing is that if you got interviewed prior to here, there is that comfortability. So you kind of get a little bit more intimate with the player. You you can dive a little bit deeper because, you know, just like anything else, right? The we, introductions we, are over. The introductions are over. <laughs> the representative self, right? You know, the one you meet on, uh, women meet on first dates of a guy. Like, that guy's that best gone. Best foot forward. Yeah, best foot forward. So now it's more truth-seeking. It's funny you mention that because yeah, Desmond Ritter was asked that at the Senior Bowl. You know, it, how do you how are you handling these things? He's like, I'm just going there and being myself. Try to go in there and be somebody who I'm not for 15 minutes each with 32 teams. Myself out. 
Yeah. Like I just can't, exactly. you can't, it's just not worth the, the effort to do that. And they're going to get to know you one way or the other. So you might as well be yourself and, and, you know, and just do that. Yeah, that's what background checks are for. Right. They're going to find <laughs> yeah. if you're if you have some, you know, character flaws, they're going to find out. Well, and they will find out from your elementary school teacher and principal <laughs> yes. if they're still alive. And well, at the time, as I found out, they're like, my, I'll never forget this. I was, I was I was back home. I was doing some workouts and like like my mom called me. She's like, hey, you know, Mrs. Hangartner called me. I'm like, my fifth grade teacher. Why, why was she? How did she call you? Because I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. My mom has a business that's yeah. in, in in the yellow pages, since that's the <laughs> era we're talking about. Um, and she was like, yeah, I got called by these guys from the FBI and checking your background, ask what type of student you were in the fifth grade. I was like, what? And that's what that's the first thing that triggered. So that's why it boosts you to be. But even still, you still get repped to all to to the ends of the earth while you're in your combine training yeah. about potential questions get a bit robotic in those in those interviews because there's going to be base questions that are sure. going to be asked yeah. consistently so i think you can there's a semblance of being yourself but first time versus the second time allows for more ease just because you don't you know you now know the parameters when you walk into you know this room you know who the Steelers are when you walk into the ravens room you know who the ravens are you know who we can actually say this, the Brown staff is going to be from year to year because we all knew for a long time that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. So you, there is that familiarity that then comes to play that allows you to be more comfortable. Yeah, and I think that's, a, that's huge in this. I, I think if you're not comfortable, it's going to show. And at that, at that position in particular, that ability to step in front of the media, because you're going to be the face of the franchise. Yeah. Uh, you're for better or for you worse. better be comfortable <laughs> in your own skin. Absolutely. You know, if you're not, it's not going to work. It's not going to work out real well for you because you're going to do that a lot. Yeah. And you're going to have to stand up and deliver in in happy moments and sad moments and yeah. right dirty moments. <laughs> and you're going to, yeah, you have to answer the call and you have to keep your resolve yeah. in the face of that. And especially when you go to certain franchises where you know that there's an attention level just naturally. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, you know, Malik is definitely one of the guys I look at that was very mature in front of, in front of the camera. Um, you know, Matt Corral, he's one a little rough around the edges, but I mean, but I think he's also developing. And I mean, there's a certain decor quarterbacks just naturally carry yeah. when, when they're even being considered sure. up here in this top position. It's not like uh, I happen to just get here by accident. <laughs> it, it really is so different um, because of that linebacker. And you don't like doing media stuff, you can kind of fudge it and get uh, Lawrence Timmons, yeah. for example. <laughs> There's had, like a charm to it. He, almost, he had a, way. I mean, he he had to be, he grew into it. He got better as as he went, you know, the longer he stayed in the league. But his first couple of years, he, I mean, it was just awful. You know, you, you get a yeah. yes and no, you know, answer. You know, he, he just wasn't comfortable doing it. If you're the quarterback, you don't have a choice. No, you you've got to do it, and you've got made. yeah. <laughs> and, and so that that's a big part of it. You have to have the, the shoulders to handle something like that. And be able to communicate. Some guys are better with words than others, but it's also just being comfortable being the object yeah. at that moment, right? right. I mean, because it's more so than what I'm going to say, but can he stand and take it? Just like yeah. a, a full-on zero blitz right yeah, in right. the face. Are you going to stand and deliver, or are you going to crumble under the pressure? You just threw interceptions, and, and you're going to get asked about them, and, you know, how do you handle that? Yeah. Um, exactly. it's, it's tough. It's a tough job. Tough job, but, I mean, the, that's why these guys are going through the paces, right? <laughs> Figure out who can Absolutely. handle it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what this whole uh, this whole 
combine experiences about these guys. I, I did hear um, Desmond Ritter speaking as well, too. He mentioned that he had a formal interview with the Steelers, and that he has, I think he said, with about seven teams. You know, we know that these guys meet with every team, but what's that process like, the difference between your standard interview and when a team requests to have you formally sit down? Is it is it more long form? What's the kind of the difference there that he's discussing? So a formal interview is actually when you get called into the suite and you have the quote unquote the brass in there <laughs> in the building, and it's and it's about it's, it's like it's like a hotel suite. And you kind of go into the living room part of it. And some of them set it up differently, right? Some have the couch and then they have, they, they bring like bar stool chairs behind it. So it looks like stadium seating. Some will have it to where you're just sitting in there. They'll just turn the lights off except for like a couple of spotlights. <laughs> and you don't know who's in the room except for the guy sitting in front of you asking the questions. And then another guy will pop out. Like there's so many different ways, but the formal view happens in that suite per se. And that's a 20 minute long interview that they're going to have. Okay. You. You know, this is when I talk about the speed dating yeah. type of aspect, but it's between the suites. And then the informal interviews are going to be ha happening in the train depot. In the train depot, you're sitting at the table and coaches will come up to you as they see fit. And this is more so your quarterbacks, coaches, position or coaches, position yeah. coaches, coordinators can come. Strength and conditioning staff has access to come talk to you as well. And you're just sitting at the table and you're just made available. That's the more informal. Gotcha. But formal is when you, I, have, I have my card. And it has times listed on the back right, of it when right. I need to show up to these. And you only get sites. so many formal interviews as a team at the combine. You, yes, you can't do it with everybody. No, you can't do 324. Right. Um, you get, I think, it's, it's a certain, it's a certain amount per position. Yeah. And it's metered based on how many guys are really here. That's why you kind of split between Senior Bowl and here, right. getting all, getting all the guys interviewed. Sure. Sure. No, that... The nice thing about the Senior Bowl this year, Max, was that five of those top quarterbacks. And, and then and Zappy as well. But five yeah. of the guys, five of the, the top six guys, or the guys who are considered top six, were at the Senior Bowl. And yes. so, you, you know, you got the, a lot of that out of the way there. Yeah, and that's one of the things, because normally you don't get that, right? You get the top You might get one. Or, yeah, sure. one maybe, and he's trying to jump from like three to one or right. two. He's trying to increase his, his uh, value. But, yeah, no, that, that was, that was a, a special part of it is when you do get the top talent that actually shows up and plays in those games, um, that gives teams a lot more more breath and more time. Um, you know, it was funny because Bailey Zappi was another one I didn't mention that I actually watched play at Western Kentucky. I called one of his games. That kid can throw the football. Yeah. When I say throw the football guy, like I know we're in Western PA and Kentucky's not that far away, but if you, <laughs> if you're hearing this name for the first time, I, 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 I absolutely ask that you go pull up YouTube and just watch one of his games or just watch a highlight reel. The kid is unreal. He threw for over 450 yards in my game that I called and it was calling touchdowns left and right. I mean, he is a scoring machine. And now that we're now more acceptable of the air raid style yeah, quarterbacks. Right. right. And he's a kid that transferred from Houston Baptist up to Western Kentucky, followed his coach there. And, uh, and I mean, the kid can sling, he's going to be a surprising kid um, for he's a, of that mid round value because he he's pretty, he's pretty darn good. Yeah. He had a good week at the senior bowl as well. Uh, throwing the football. Uh, the only thing I, I question about him again is the size. Yeah. You know, he's just, he just doesn't have that prototypical size. Uh, and, and you look, I mean, I, I can remember cause he was on the same, it, it was him, uh, Hal from North Carolina, yeah, Sam, and yeah. Willis were all on the the American squad, and they were all standing next to each other. And Bailey Zappi was actually, if you look at the measurements, was the tallest of the three, but he looked like the smallest of the three <laughs> yeah. because because Willis and Hal are both like two hundred twenty pounds, and yeah. he's not. 
Yeah. You know, so he just looked like kind of like their little brother standing next to him. And I'm, I looked up the heights and I'm like, but he's actually taller than, than not much taller, but he's taller yeah. than both of the guys. But he just looks so much more slight standing next to them. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's one of the things and I know you depending on where you go determines how big you need to be. Right. right. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about it yesterday. Right. You don't want to go into AFC and NFC North uh, as a guy who's slight of frame. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> because right. because that that will that will show itself real soon. But if you get in the Southern conferences or you get in one of the West Coast teams, then you have a little bit more flexibility. I think that's where he kind of projects more towards you know going somewhere out west or being somewhere in, in, in a Southern team where he can sit behind another quarterback and kind of learn and be that kind of change. Kind of remind me a little bit like watching Drew Brees throw the football, like that that yes. that, that kind of dome style quarterback where he would you know. The wind isn't going to be a, a, a factor here. He's just going to drop back and throw the ball yeah. all over the place. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I mean, it, it would be something. I would love to see him in the Saints uh, yeah. as, as a potential landing spot. And also it keeps us out of the AFC conference, so we don't even <laughs> have to see him, uh, except for every four, fourth year. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think that's one of the things when you look at We all try and project where these guys will make their big impact the next level. And he just happened to be one that he was sitting on the corner over here. I was like, let me just pop the ear because mm-hmm. – I've called this guy's games. Let, let me just hear how the kid sounds. And he he has a lot of the it. It's just he doesn't have the prototypical it. So that's why I think he's going to be one of those day two kind of guys, day three, where it's going to be a value for a team to either add depth or give him an opportunity to go compete against somebody that might be incoming at the quarterback sure. position. I think that's what makes – I mean, who are we kidding? The, the QB position's intriguing every year. Again, they're the, they're the prom kings. Yeah. But I think what you just touched on, there's a lot of guys who – this quarterback class don't have the prototypical it, but they have a lot of traits that you like that are intrigued. You think can lead to them being successful. There's a handful of those guys, and it just kind of all depends upon you know scouts, GMs, where they all come down on that and everything. I, I do think that's intriguing quarterback day here at the combine, uh, gentlemen. Let's take our first break here. When we come back, some more from Kenny Pickett, some other quarterbacks at the podium now that we can discuss more when we return as well. Dale Lolly, Max Starks, Wesley Euler, our ongoing coverage here at the Indiana Convention Center for the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine. Don't go anywhere. We've got more coverage coming at you next on SN. From Indianapolis, this is continuing coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Back on Radio Row, Wesley Euler, Max Starks, Dale Lawley. A reminder, all of our combine coverage this week brought to you by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. You know, Dale, it's unfortunate. I mean, we maybe we should have gotten a, a water company to sponsor this. You can't, yeah. you, you can't find anything in here unless you're with the NFL Network. Yeah, only the network guys get the uh, fancy catering, which fancy catering is just a cooler and a couple of salad cups and a <laughs> lemon bar. Wasn't that a lemon bar? Over there? Something like that. I was like, I was like, what? Who brings that snack for like catering yeah. a lemon bar? But I digress. Apparently, they they felt some type of way that you know too much water was being taken at one time. Uh, so now it's accessible only to NFL Network, and we have to go over the river and through the woods if we want a water or a drink. It's or a little a bit of a, you, yeah. you definitely get your steps in oh. here. Um, I mean, this place is just massive to begin with, and then you know everything is three blocks away. Literally, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and and. and you know, it's nice indoors, but the problem is it's like it's up an escalator, down the stairs, 
around another huge ballroom, and then you go through this crevice. A couple hallways. I go, I go outside yeah. and just cut the corner. See, um, see there it is. Yeah. That's a smart way. I've done that for years, even when it's say, like you freezing call. cold, because you, if you look out, you can see where you're going over there. Yeah. But to get there, <laughs> if you're staying indoors, it's, you know, where's Waldo? You're kind of like following the, the, the yellow brick road to get there. I'm like, I saw the one year. I'm like, I'm going right over there. I can just walk outside and, and do that. Like I, I think I can handle 10 seconds outside as opposed to the 20-minute walk yeah, uh, over absolutely. there now. Yeah. That's, that's working smarter, not harder there. That's Mr. what you got to do. That is exactly yeah. what you got to do. Um, quarterbacks wrapping up their availability at the podium. One of the things that I saw here, Kenny Pickett talking about the relationship that he's had with Mike Tomlin over his time at Pitt, just the benefit of sharing the facilities, seeing how these NFL guys work, being able to pick coaches' brain. Do you think is that a, a tangible thing that teams will want to talk to him about? Hey, what what did you what did you learn watching NFL pros for for your entire tenure at Pitt? Is is that something that teams will be intrigued by? Because I know that that's not you know the only instance of that in the NFL, but it's certainly one of few. There's not a lot of NFL teams that have you know the college team in the same same building, same facility. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's the only one with with where that, they where they split they the practice split, facility. They yeah, split the practice yep. facility in the. Field. Like it's literally an inverse of each other yes. when you walk in there. There's the two separate entrances. And- yeah, but so I so I think it, it is a very unique perspective that got that type of experience where you because you know you guys have come out to practice right. You know it's the the college will get there early if they don't have class and they'll sit on the benches and watch. Yeah. and watch practice. So I mean it's 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 something that's highly unique that you can actually have that opportunity to actually see what it is to be that guy. And then you're that in close proximity where we, you know, we shared lunch with guys, you know, the, the college kids would come over to our room and, you know, you'd see them awkwardly walking around like a high schooler with their tray, figuring out where, <laughs> where they should I sit. Cause all, cause all the NFL guys are spread out and, you know, and we used to invite the, the, the young old lineman and D line, hey, come on, sit down with us, man. Hey, we're, we're not going to bite. We're just the same sure, as you. We sure. were in your position before. So it does present a very unique perspective, and, you know, for Kenny Pickett, especially being the quarterback um, that's coming out. If you've watched Ben Roethlisberger and you have Mike Tom next to you, you're going to you're going to want to go ask questions. And like you said, having that relationship, I think, was was a key to saying that because it gives you a way of formalizing your mind on how you're approaching it. What's the degree right. necessary? What do I need to keep improving upon? And I'm getting it directly from a future potential employer's mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you're getting a chance to perhaps pick the brain of a future, you know, if you happen to run in, how you doing? Or, or just even watching how he goes about the work in practice. Yeah, exactly. And so you said, I know Matt, when, when Matt uh, Williamson was uh, recruiting for Pitt, uh, he said he would always time things up when he had recruits in. Yeah. To walk out. Oh, hey, look, the Steelers are practicing. How about that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, look, there's <laughs> Troy Polamalu out there getting work in. Yeah, you see the hair? Yep, that's that. It's, it's that long. It's that long. It's not CGI. <laughs> that big tackle over there, that's Max Starks. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's one of the cool things. Like you said, it's a great recruiting tool for colleges. But if you do decide to go there and you do decide to stay at that school, you get such a unique perspective at all, and even for a coach that's coaching at Pitt, right? Over and ask my my, my equal yeah, over yeah. there in a position. Hey, what are you guys doing to do this? You can actually have that interfacing. So it's a very unique situation in the NFL. 
for the Steelers and the Panthers to have that kind of cross synergy. And we also stadium together. So everything is shared yeah. um, between us. So it's, it's really cool. Unfortunately, we have to share the parking lot on our side with the pit players. Yeah, that that's that's not as good. I apologize. That's not as good. So yeah, from the media side, yeah, because that's a very small lot. Yeah, you got to do a little bit of extra walking there that's, as well. Too. Every like year, you're... when you get done with training camp and you go back to, or even I guess even nah, it's more training camp. So when you get back from training camp, and and Pitt is in its training camp, and and the Steelers are doing, you know, they're going, they're coming back from from Latrobe. There is no parking anywhere. <laughs> like, Mac is on high alert. Because Yo, <laughs> he is a ray of sunshine that time of year. Every year. Nothing wrong with that. But, Mac, yeah, yeah, nothing's getting past Mac, but Mac's also not, not a happy camper. He does think, not play. Well, and, and you think about that, it's like we're all there. So the upper class, they, they don't want to ride the team bus right. back, back to Oakland. So nope. they're like, yeah, I'm driving. Like, no, I'm driving. Hey, we're hopping in. Okay, we'll get out of here as soon as possible. But the problem is. You have like what forty spaces over there? Yeah, not many because it's in between the, the UPMC Sports Complex and the actual indoor facility. Yeah, so yeah, and then you got the the people coming in to get their yeah. you know whatever done at the at the UPMC the, the rehab side. center yeah. down yeah, there. Yeah, the and, rehab and, and they're trying to sneak in there and find parking. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, it can it can be brutal. I have noticed too. I think I think some of those guys leave their cars there. Free parking. Free parking. You don't have to <laughs> don't have to worry about parking in Oakland. You're going to be there at the facility just about every single day if if you need one. Yeah, I, I've I've move. seen that move. I've, I've seen some move. I've seen some uh, some cutthroat uh, battles between the oh, members to try yeah. and sneak in to make a parking spot here, <laughs> fit in somewhere over there. Mike Pursuit is pretty good at that. I'll tell you, he's he's able to create some space. Um, I, I wanted to ask you guys too. Um, saw Malik Willis saying that he would not be doing anything except for throwing this week at the combine. Any any red flag there? Any concern there? Or just that's kind of the nature of the beast now, and these guys know that they have their pro day as well. Par for the course. I mean, yeah. I mean, if some guys feel better running on their field, they they like those conditions better. They're gonna do. And and here's the thing: as long as he's doing the actual skill specific drills, that's all that matters. He said he's gonna throw. Lamar Jackson yeah. didn't run at all. No. Period. But Is you he- watched the tape, and you knew Lamar Jackson was fast. So. You know, I yeah. know Malik Willis is fast. Yeah, well, I've seen the, I've seen the tape. Well, and 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 you've seen it, and and people have seen it live from different perspectives. The kid, there's nothing left to prove on that side. I mean, and like I said, these drills, when you're getting to a bench press, you're getting to the vertical jump and all those things, yeah, transferable for some positions. Yeah, but not. I mean, the, I I equate this: the bench press is only good if you got pancaked and you have to lift a guy off of you. I was like, the incline <laughs> press is more representative sure. yeah. for a lot of to play from a down to up, whether it's D-line, O-line, an outside linebacker or a hand-down linebacker that can stand up or you play tight end. Like, that's a realistic running back. It's a realistic type of thrusting or movement. Bench press is cute. It's a marathon type, yeah. of, type of activity. And it really doesn't translate necessarily to functional strength always because, again, some guys have much longer arms and others, and if you've got short alligator arms, you know you're like a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Well, you can rep. Yeah, you're gonna out. you're gonna get 50 reps up or 40 reps up, you know, and it, that doesn't mean you're stronger than the guy who got 25. Yeah, you know exactly. And, and I think the biggest thing is is that it's the duress of it. So why put yourself through undue stress with those type of things that are ancillary? You know, sure. it's like if you if you're gonna do field work, do your field work. Not necessarily say you need to run a 40 because 
Lord knows I, I was about to pull my hamstring and I was like, no, nah, shut it down. <laughs> and it was like, it's not, it didn't really matter. I'm yeah. like, I got out there. I did, I did all my offensive line drills. I did the three cone and the twin and the, and the five, 10, five shuttle. So get it done and do that aspect, which you feel comfortable with. And then whatever you need to clean up or somebody feels you have to do something when it comes to pro day, then you do it then. Yeah. I remember when Orlando Brown was here oh, okay. and he was in my group and had just an awful, awful day of, of, but he's a functioning high level and a tackle. Yeah. I mean, well, he was in fat camp before yeah. the combine. That, that's essentially <laughs> what it was. And that, and, and it looked as such, right? Because, yeah. you know, I, I'll never forget. I'm sitting over there at the press, like, man, I can't wait to see Zeus's son, you know, because, you know, because I'm like, I'm like, shoot, Zeus was a legend over there in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a dude you didn't mess with. So I'm like, let me see what Zeus's son's got. 10? <laughs> Ten, I, I, I was, and, and I couldn't even look. And then he ran like a six second forty, and it was just awful. And, well, he and, and he and he took his shirt off, and I was just like, okay, this kid's trying to just cut weight. Like that's what he did yeah. for the last two months was cut weight. Mm -hmm. But then you look at it, right? Pro Bowler about to get paid. Functional. He understands the length of his arms, and he knows how to how to play the position. So th those things, like they're hit or miss, and they're at best ancillary. They they they, they help they help build a person's confidence if you're going to draft a kid yeah. hey look at these measurables yeah this is why we picked him yeah right not because he was the only thing right, left right and <laughs> well, that's why not because can... it was the sixth round you had to take somebody yeah, you no. can't you can't rely and i know fans get caught up in this on a guy's 40 time or a guy's you know what how far how much did he jump and and you know what was his three cone drill that stuff's all nice but it's it just reinforces the team view of the guy you know if a guy's super like oh he ran a four three I got to go back and look at this now. Okay, did, did that translate to his his play speed, or yeah. is it, you know that, that that didn't show up? You know, yeah, he's fast, but he didn't play fast. Yeah, is it track speed or is it actual game speed? Right, because there's a lot of guys who are. I know I'm faster in game than, than I am just okay. I have to spread out and get into this track stance. <laughs> Does this look natural, guys? Does this look natural? I, I'm scrunched up right now. Yeah. I feel like I feel like my toes are going to fall off. You know, or. Let, let me get in my position as an offensive sit down and let me go hit you. That, right, that's yeah. just kind of the way well, that it, it, like Casey Hampton used to say, he's like, I got two plays. I go left, I go right. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm running 40 yards here. What's uh... <laughs> so if, if, yeah, hey, if, if, the thing is, if I have to run 40 yards, something either went really great or yeah. really wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what Moats always says too. The only time I was ever running 40 yards was when I just turning around, chasing a wide receiver who, you know, on a busted coverage, who was, who was running yeah. down the field. rare occasion, James Harrison picks one off at the goal line and you got to go a hundred yards there you that go. way. There you go. He picked a good time <laughs> and, to do and that. You, and you won't give it to Deshae Townsend who keeps trying to take it from you. <laughs> down the field. It's, it's every time I see every time I every see time. It, you yeah. see Deshae run up to him and like give me the ball, yeah, give me the ball. he's like no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> go block see, Larry Fitz, I mean if, if Larry would have had five more yards Larry would have had him had five more feet five yeah. more feet he would have had him exactly if he didn't get picked off by his own teammate when he was running out of bounds and stay in bounds Larry he would have had that problem <laughs> before we go to break here more inconsequential for offensive linemen the 40 or the bench press bench press yeah i mean it, because like at the end of the day it, it's one of those things like if i'm looking at an offensive tackle i'm hoping he's not doing 45 i mean it'd be amazing to see him do 45 reps but at the end of the day orlando brown had 10 again he probably if he's doing 45 reps has shorter arms shorter arms yeah exactly he doesn't have the long arms you're yeah. not physically going to be able to do it so and, and also it's not a realistic position of mechanics for us like 
biomechanically, this is not the position that you need to be in to show off your strength. Show me your squat. Show me show me your incline press. Yeah. Show me something on an angle. That's when I'll believe it. You know, not not sitting on your back, you know, in your underwear doing a flat back bench. You know, I mean that so that one's more I mean, and when you do the forty, honestly the twenty yard splits was matter. Yeah. How do you get to the twenty yard? Because at the most, if you're on a screen as a guard, a center, and even some of the tackle wider screens for the tight ends, that you're gonna be running ten ten yards. So you want to see what the acceleration level is to be able to get from this position and get to that position. But the forty at the end doesn't matter. I think that's well said. There you go. I think there's a lot of people that like to hear that 40 doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. It matters for the fans and for the, you know, the easy matters numbers. for the to, wide receivers. It yeah, matters absolutely. for, the, for other positions, yeah. just not the O-line. Yeah. And, and I think there, there, there's kind of like a parallel there where it's the same conversation in a way about like analytics and sports. And yeah. I think you kind of touched on this. If you see something numbers wise that backs up your eye test as well, too. That's the blend that you're looking for. If yeah. you thought that this guy plays really fast, he tests really fast, okay, you know, the numbers are telling me what, what, what my eyes are saying as well, too. I think that's, that's kind of the balance, but you're right. That, that's wide receivers, that's running backs, that's defensive backs, and not guys that are playing in the trenches. It's, it's the X-Files. I want to believe. You know? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what it comes down to. You just want to find things that either verify for the good or verify for the bad right, what right. you already know about a guy. And that's all this is. This is just simply confirmation or denial. That's that's all we're doing here. Right. Going to take a break. We'll close out. We come back on the other side. Max Starks, Dale Lawley, Wesley Euler, live at the Indiana Convention Center for the 22 NFL Scouting Combine. Our coverage brought to you by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. Don't go anywhere. Our coverage continues on SNR. <laughs> Live from Indianapolis, this is continuing coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Things picking up a little bit here at the Indiana Convention Center. Wesley Euler, Dale Lolly, Max Starks. It is your Combine coverage on SNR brought to you by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. Gentlemen, quarterbacks, tight ends, wide receivers at the podium today. And I was looking during the break. Um you know, kind of one of these ESPN, Mel Kuyper, big draft guides that they put together and they just released a few hours ago. And I'm looking at the the little section on the Steelers, and this caught my eye. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. Positional needs for the Steelers. Okay. Quarterback, offensive line, inside linebacker, and safety. Not that I disagree with any of those. I'm surprised wide receiver isn't on that list. You got two guys under contract right now. Um, I think we all think that James Washington, you know, there was the the, the whispers, the the leaks from his agent to Adam Schefter during training camp that that he was looking for more opportunity. He's like a guy that's going to seek employment elsewhere. Juju, obviously a, a big question mark as well, too. Is that to say that maybe of all the things that we're discussing and all the positional, and we know the replacements for Ben Roethlisberger and how you need to retool the trenches, but it feels like maybe wide receiver as a, as a need for the Steelers is getting pushed to the back burner a little bit. You know, I don't think I don't think he's getting pushed to the back burner just because the Steelers know how to go find that, their and, wide and maybe receivers. that's part of and the I reason think that's why. why. That's the one thing. I mean, the one thing we can say when you look at over the 15 year span that Mike Tomlin's been here. He's always find, found those gems yeah. wherever they were. And it was never a question when he pulled the trigger and a guy that could fit in immediately and play. So I think that's kind of something that it's become more of an afterthought from the web because 
you're going to find a guy. You're going to hear about a guy in the seventh round that is up out of a, a Mac start, school. Yeah, out of a Mac school. <laughs> well, I got that guy for you right now. His name is Sky Moore oh, from Western Michigan. There we go. Uh, actually went to high school with Mike Tomlin's son. Was the quarterback at Shady Side Academy throwing the ball to Dino Tomlin? Well, there it is. <laughs> There's always there a connection. There's always a connection. So I mean, so the, and so when I look at that, I, that doesn't surprise me. Um, that's not on there because it's always a neat. They're always going to go find. You play so many of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah, it's there, but it's one of those things. I, I think those are the more pressing. If we're going yeah. on order of importance, sure. Yeah. You got you've got to get the offensive side of the ball and defensive. I, I would say D line and O line are really my two top top priorities yeah. like and, and, I, and I think of. you can fill some of it in free agency a little bit easier you can find yeah. those again that that middle class of, of players that guy that's going to get you know make four million dollars this year that that comes in and, and nfl snaps and can immediately it's not there's not a big learning curve for him that you would have with a rookie at that position who, who you're going to yeah. be drafting to potentially play you know serious snaps for you right out of the gate um you know you can get in fact, the safety market over the last few years has just been those guys don't get paid and they shuffle they, they move around pretty freely yeah um, they're everywhere there's just certain positions guard the same thing you can find those guys that are that are you know long time nfl players but they're just not get big time nfl contracts yeah yeah. Maybe B B level players who aren't going to break the bank, but you could even find some A level yeah. players that are, you know. I mean, we've we've seen yeah. some guys that, that that change places like that, and you know, I think it was uh, um, trying to think of the safety uh, was it Boston Trey Boston? Yeah, Trey Boston. I would say he was changing teams every year, and every year you look up the end of the year, he has five interceptions. It's like. Why does nobody want this guy? <laughs> and you look at Tyron Matthew as well, right? Yeah. You know, everybody thought he was losing a step in Arizona, goes to KC and has a research. There's always those opportunities for guys to continue to grow and guys who like change of scenery, changes everything, wipes the slate clean. And, yeah. and there's also, can, I think, yeah. in, especially in football, more than any other sport, how do you fit into the scheme? You know, you may have yeah. just, just because you, you didn't work out in one stop, their scheme may not have fit you as well as the next team team does mm -hmm. and so you go there and all of a sudden where'd this come from why is this guy so much better sure. well the scheme fits his skill set better yeah and i mean and and, and literally many different players there are there are that many different schematics oh, yeah. on offense yeah. and defense so you know just like with offensive linemen right and that that's my area some guys are great at zone other guys are great at gap other guys are great at pass pro like if you have a your needs because you realize when you're drafted you're drafted off of potential that you can potentially fit this, even right. if it's not your true fit. Whereas in free agency, I get to pick where I want to go. I yeah. get to actually analyze this. So usually the second time around, it's going to be the best choice for you because you feel like you play better and you also know what you like at this point. At this age, for young guys, you, you know what you don't know. You know, I don't know if I like Brussels sprouts yet. <laughs> but I have to try. I have to try them. I've never had a Brussels sprout, so I don't know if I'm going to like it. Is it a little lettuce or is it something that's flavorful? I don't know. So that's where you kind of get. It's like, hey, this is all we got. So it's this definitely is what you're not a little lettuce. No, no. But I mean, it looks <laughs> like it. looks like it before you cook it. It looks, it looks like, like it. it. It yeah. looks like it. It looks like it doesn't yeah. taste like it. But, and, 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 you know, I think, Wes, the, the idea that, um, you know, Ziggy Hood's a perfect example. People in Pittsburgh killed Ziggy Hood. Well, he's he's he, you know he's terrible. He's, Evander, Evander guy, yeah, Hood. The guy Hood. played ten years in the NFL. He was not he was not a quote unquote bust. If you last NFL, you may have just been mis miscast in what you were being asked to do. James Ferrier is another example of that. Absolutely. You know, it, it, 
the, the, the Jets just couldn't decide, is he an inside linebacker? Is he an outside linebacker? We're going to change schemes here. Comes to Pittsburgh, they put him inside, and he, he, and he thrives. James Harrison. There's another. How yeah. many times yep. can you get cut <laughs> by teams and then look at what your career ended right. up being? Steve McClendon, another guy. Another one, yeah. Steve Stevie Mack, I mean, ha, has lasted time, and everybody's like, oh, well, he's, he wasn't that good in Pittsburgh. Well, he was good in the Jets. He's 15 years ago. Okay. Alejandro Villanueva. <laughs> yeah. The Eagles were him as a pass rusher. Yes, exactly. I remember when he, that. when he first was in camp with them. He was he was lining up on the edge, and they were trying to make him go get the quarterback. He comes to Pittsburgh, switches sides of the ball, and and balls. that can that can only, we we had a uh, Fran Duffy on from the Eagles yesterday, and he was talking about Jalen Hurts and how every year at Alabama he had a different offensive coordinator. Then he went to Oklahoma and had two different offensive coordinators, and now his two years with the Eagles, he's had a different staff every single year. I think you're right. Fit, stability, all that stuff is a huge part of this equation that I think a lot of times fans just want to neglect because oh the guy's either good or the guy stinks there can't be any minutia there yeah and well and every team's going to have their allegiance right they're going to have their feelings towards it when you don't do right by their team and you know sometimes you can endear a guy that you just love them because of because of who they are but at the end of the day not everything fits and that's why just like this drafting guys not everybody's going to be a fit on the draft that's why you have one every single year and that's why you're drafting at the same positions like year in and year out trying to get it right i mean we think about teams that have have guys who they think are the guys but then they're drafting for the future because at the end of the day it comes down to money as well as well as it does for the player scheme and fit because if if i can't if i don't have the opportunity to be best why do i want to be here yeah. You know, why, why, why am I going to keep pounding my, if, if I'm really a four, three type of just slashing D tackle, I want to blow up the field. A two gapping three, three, <laughs> three, four fit you defense at all. does not fit you at all. Yeah. And it takes years to transition to that, but you also have to have a taste for that. And if you don't, you just go like, Hey, I want to blow up field. I just want, I just want to cause havoc and then just get back to the line of scrimmage. I want to cause havoc, but some guys like a Casey Hampton, right? Listen, I just want I'm going to absorb all human beings like <laughs> yeah. like the thing, you know, from the Fantastic Four. And you, you can't hurt me. And I'm just going to be a bowling ball. And, you, and you're not going to move me out of this spot. And no. this is where I'm going to be at. And I go where I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's just different strokes for different folks. Yeah, absolutely. We close. I go where I want to go, guys, in this draft for sure. Mentioned too, circling back to that, that safety position and short conversation we had there. You guys think Edmonds is back? I would, I I think they would in a, in an ideal world they would like to have him back. He pairs well with Minka. He's There's, worked with Minka. Skill sets work. They yeah. mesh yeah. together. He's yeah. worked with Minka now that all three years that Minka's been with the Steelers. Um, they've they've grown accustomed to you know I can give him a look and he knows where I'm and that, that kind of stuff. But it, you know it, it comes down to it: does he want to test the open market and perhaps get more money? Um, you know I, I I don't know. I mean I, I think. He got a bad rap early in his career in Pittsburgh. Um, he's never going to be a big interception guy. He's going to be a big turnover guy. What he does do well, however, is he plays every snap. He's always available, which can't be overlooked. And if you look at the Steelers' tight end coverage numbers since they since in the last three years with when Terrell Edmonds has kind of settled into that spot, they've been one of the better teams covering the tight end over that time period, and he's been a part of that. And it was the opposite before yeah. he assumed that Because what you don't see so often with coverage guys is all those times where he did his job correctly and the quarterback didn't throw the ball his way. 
So if you t- yeah. and there's you, you you can look at the at the numbers from okay this this time okay the, the, the tight ends are getting 140 targets for against the Steelers and they're catching this many passes and now all of a sudden the last couple of years it's like the tight ends are getting 89 targets and you know and like okay what's different here and Terrell Edmonds is a big part of that you know you, you don't see when they the quarterback looks oh tight ends cover can't throw there right. you know well and, and from a broadcast if you're watching it at home on television you're not going to see that angle. You're yeah. not going to see that. So it takes a deeper dive into the numbers or into the actual play. The all 22 it, film. The all 22 style of film. Understand, hey, he is cutting off a lane. He is doing his job. It might translate into stats that everybody loves to see. All the Flash plays. PBUs and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But it's like, no, I'm doing my job so well that they don't even want to think about it. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes it cool. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you guys. That's obviously going to be a one to keep an eye on, along with a lot in the secondary. There <laughs> could be pretty significant change. It's going to be interesting to see if they attempt to get some of these guys signed before free agency starts here in two weeks and how they prioritize that. Um, I would think that the cornerback position is one that they would like to get something done before those guys hit the free agent market yeah. because those guys get paid. Um, You know, I know people I've seen this a lot. Well, the Steelers doesn't look like the Patriots are going to do anything with J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson is going to get 20 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) afford that. No. You know, but you can you can afford to give, you know, a guy like a killer Weatherspoon, you know, you know, six million a year or something along those lines. But you can't you're not going to pay up the. I mean, that blows your entire free agent budget. If you thought you were one, one you thought you were one defensive back away and let's load this thing up this year. That's not the case. You need to, you need volume here. You need to, you know, you need several guys, not just one. Yeah. You need quantity with a mixed in with some quality. And it ain't like, (laughs) it ain't like, no, no offense to JC Jackson, but he's not Rob Woodson or Deion Sanders for God's sakes. Or or even Chance (laughs) or Darrell Reeves. Right. Yeah. Yeah, He's not that. Yeah. He's not that. He's good in the schemes that he plays like Malcolm Butler was, yeah, you know, those couple of years when he, when he, we made the play during the Super Bowl, like, <laughs> but I mean, but when you look at the totality of work, you now with three, four wide receiver sets being the norm, mm-hmm. I need two JC. Right. You need multiple guys. Yeah. That you can, Joe Hayes, Steven Nelson, because if you've got one good cornerback, he's never going to see the ball. No, <laughs> just throw the on the other side of the field. Then the other guy's going to get uh, you know seven hundred targets again, you know during the season. And they're going to pur- and they're going to purposely scheme so that he can't travel with them right. every play to get their tight receiver open with some opportunities. So yeah, no. So I mean, I agree. If you have money to blow, yeah, that's when you could say we're spending towards the because you have to do that yeah. ninety plus percent spend you know and if you're a team that's well below that it's like let's just go get jc jackson that puts that puts us in the good yeah we're good (laughs) according to espn and mel kuyper it will be a successful offseason if the steelers find their next franchise quarterback you could say that about a, about 15 about teams in the league teams right in the now. NFL. half the league yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, ask I'm, the jets how, how well that's been going yeah <laughs> We're the Browns, for all those yeah, years, exactly. you know? the Browns for all those years, the Detroit Lions. I mean, they had one with Stafford, but they've they still been trying to build it up around yeah. them. Yeah, I'm I'm with Max, like we discussed yesterday. I think you start in the trenches this year. You build trenches out. And then when you think that that, that quarterback is out there, you, have a nest. you go get them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you don't want to do the Jets thing and you bring in Sam Darnold, bring in Zach Wilson, ask him to be the savior without much around him. And, uh, and I don't think the Steelers are going to. I don't think they're going to operate that way. No, I think you know even if they do draft a quarterback this year, if they go that route, 
he's not going to play right away. No. He would have to win. He would have to win the job to play right away. It's not going to be a situation where he comes in and go, okay, you're the, he's the starter from day one. Right. When they open OTAs and mini camps, it would be Mason Rudolph taking the first snap with the first, first team offense. That's just how they operate. It's yeah. how they've always operated. They've always operated. I mean, even for Ben. Yeah. Ben didn't come in. Ben was a third string quarterback when he came yep. in. And literally by process of elimination by injuries, <laughs> he got to the starting role sooner yeah. than they expected. But it wasn't something that was going to be given just because you're a top 15 pick. I mean, it's one of the things I, I still expect us to go get somebody in free agency yeah. at the quarterback position to yeah. bring them in to compete. But, yeah, rookie quarterback, I don't see that. Max, Dale Lawley, Wesley Euler with you here. Our coverage continues three hours today in the books, three more hours to go. When we come back in the 1 o'clock hour, we'll see if maybe we can nab a guest here to join us for a segment as well, too. A reminder, our coverage brought to you by First National Bank. It started the IC. More Steelers coverage on the other side. You're listening to SNR.